Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good early morning for you early risers, good very, very late night for you hard workers, wherever you are, whenever you're listening, welcome to the best podcast in junior hockey, featuring the best broadcast duo in junior hockey. But before I introduce our guests, our very special guests who run the gamut of professions of the New York Aviators as a little bit of a tease, I'll introduce a man who does not want to be an aviator because he cannot skate and is afraid of flying. It's Dan Kay. Dan, welcome to the podcast. I mean, just one, if I'm like two steps up on a stairwell, I'm a little bit nervous. I don't really trust my center of balance here, and I do not want to be on a plane if I don't have to be. But I chose professions that involve nothing but travel. So soar me through the air, and we are going to be soaring and flying high in true aviator style today because we have the high-flying New York aviators Lucas is a defense-first guy, ladies and gentlemen, and he's always out here just bloviating about, you know, block pucks, let's play defense. But I say let's score pucks. This is junior hockey. We're creating the next of the next level of this game. And what this group does here is not just create the, the next best players in our game, but they create a family atmosphere for these guys, growing them not just as players, but off the ice as people. When you leave the Aviator program, you're not just a better hockey player. You're a better person. And we've got three great people here right now with us. And first, I'm going to start with Coach because, you know, you got to start with Coach. And Coach, you join an illustrious group of two-time audio podcast guests with Dan Hodge of the Twin City Thunder and Jim Hankel of the Connecticut Junior Rangers. And welcome. We are here in Aviatorville in Hub City, Tampa. Nice to be part of the club. <laughs> it is a good club to be in. We look to my left, and I'm going to save the best for last year. We're going to go to Joe Coffey, and Joe Coffey works on the medical side of the team, but he's a Joe of all trades, as I would call him. He does a little bit of everything. Joe, welcome to the podcast. We're going to have a lot to talk about with you. Thank you. And now we go to Joe Squared, two times Joe, and it's Joe Sokoa, the voice of the New York Aviators, a guy who we've had a chance to to listen to call Aviator Games, and now in Hub City, Tampa, He's coming to you. He's going to be calling teams from throughout the USPHL's Premier, Elite, and NCDC levels on Hockey TV. You want to know more about Joe, you're going to know it today. Joe Sicola, what's going on? What's going on, Dan? Thanks for having me on the uh, show. We are excited. And Lucas, today, we go a little different. Are you going to review that that you have in front of you right now? Is that going to be reviewed or was that just extracurricular? Um, that's extracurricular. That's okay, I was wondering. We'll stay yeah. away from that. We don't need to review that. No one needs to know what that is. But we're going to go to, normally it's a coffee review. Normally it's a, a you know, a, a, a beer review for Lucas. But today we brought Joseph Cole on in true Harry Carey fashion. We review an old-fashioned. It's the, I call it the Dan K. old-fashioned. There's no simple syrup involved. We've got some wonderful dirty cherries here, they call them. And we've got a little bit of Basil Hayden's. And, you know, it's a fancy drink, so we're going to have a three, three-way three triumvirate review now. Joe Sokoa, Lucas Jones, myself. I feel like I can't review it myself because I made it. So I'm going to let you two gentlemen take it away. Lucas, I'll let you start the review. Joe, you'll get the second review here on the old-fashioned. Well, we, we almost got Jim Beam, and Dan said, why don't we get some Basil Haydens instead? And, and I, uh, I said, sure, why not? And I'm, I'm really glad we did. It's like, uh, it's not very sweet. I like the non-addition of the simple syrup. Um, you know, a little bit of cherry juice floater, I think, might be just that last step if you do want it sweet. But we got some, we got some, uh, cherries in a jar, muddle them up, throw some bourbon in it. It's really good. Nice and dry. 
little bit of cherry. Sweet cherries I can't do. Reminds me of cough syrup too much, so I, I can't do sweet cherries. Uh, I'm, pre- I'm digging it. Joe, what about you? Without sounding like I love to drink all the time. I mean, this is <laughs> this is as smooth as I can. This is as smooth mm-hmm. as I can have down the down the gullet here. I mean, um, I think we had something uh, the other night. Uh, I don't know. I forgot what it was, but even that, like, pretty smooth. Anything that just liquor wise goes down smooth, I'm good for it. It's made of corn, you know, and, and to run you through it at home, if you want to make your Dan K. Old Fashioned Hockey parents out there listening to us today, you just get a little bit of maraschino cherry. I go with the dirty black cherry, they call it, but you can get any type of maraschino cherry. They sell the Woodford cherries as well, Woodford maraschino cherries, little bourbon barrel age. You then add in some bitters, three dashes of bitters. I like a little extra dash of bitters in there. And then you mix that up, and that's the Angostura bitters if you're looking for them. I mix in one drop of Woodford Orange Reserve bitters as well. You can get those online from Woodford, or you can get them at any liquor store near you. And I finally finish it off with Basil Hayden's Woodford Reserve. Whatever your bourbon of choice, throw some ice on it. Have a great time. And we're going to have a great time now. It's time to get into hockey. And let's get into the free skate. We call this the free skate because it's just fun. It's open. We're skating around. We're having fun. The first place I have to start is we moved in here. The first day, we're pulling in on the carts. You get around everywhere here, folks. If you are if you haven't seen Hub City Tampa yet, this is a huge, beautiful resort. Players are spaced out, keeping everyone safe and distance as we play hockey each and every day. But on this huge resort, you got to get around on golf cart. And we pull in on the golf cart, and who do we pull into immediately? But Coach Stanaway, <laughs> Joe Coffey, Joe Sakoa, Mr. and Mrs. Dreyer, and we get absolutely razzed as we walk in. Oh, you guys can't walk here. It's the big show pulling in. We pulled into Aviatorville. How's Aviatorville been so far, guys? Coach, I'll start with you. This has been fantastic. I mean, you know, for us, the struggle we have had this season for trying to put games together, I mean, it's it's been very difficult from a lot of things from a team continuity standpoint to being able to really, you know, find some chemistry with your team because practices are up in the air. Games are up in the air. We're, we're not going to play a home game all year. So coming down here is really the first time where we've been able to build as a team on and off the ice. And that's something that is really affected our play. And you're going to see us start to blossom significantly here. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been fantastic for us. Yeah. Now, now Joe, I, I've seen these videos you guys are putting together here and Joe Coffey, I talked to here. I got to ask you, you guys put the blooper videos together. It seems like you've had a lot of fun behind the scenes really with these guys. What's been, has there been a story, a moment so far that sticks out to you? Uh, when we were thinking about making the video, we thought about the blooper video and it was, you know, something to add in a little more fun, you know, to Hub City. And uh, came out great and got a lot of views. That's it. And that's what it's about, <laughs> that's right? It's, about. it's, it's, it's about. amazing. You don't realize it in the content game that it's literally just about eyes on screens. You just try to get as many people to watch as possible and you do your best. And, Joe, I look to you. I mean, you guys obviously, you battle just to get to this point, right? And you come out here. You're getting a chance to see your aviator side every day. You're obviously on the broadcast each and every year. You guys we talked to Coach Stanway about it earlier. I have never seen a team in the history of hockey at any level lose this many points coming into a season. And you lost them for the right reasons. They moved on to the next level. 
But how does this team look now, and how much different has it been than what you had coming into the hub because you're actually getting that continuity and getting to play every day? You know, listen, uh, anytime you talk about guys like Phil and Arka Leidenkoff, you know, and what they put up in this organization, what they meant to this organization, um, you know, you can't be grateful enough. But, you know, and they, they moved on to a pretty good place in uh, St. Stelastica. Um I look at this team this year as a little bit more of a dynamic team. I think a little bit of a deeper team. I think our team, um, you know, you look up and down the lineup there, the talent is there. Like, you know, like coach said, it's just the, the, the team chemistry and, and just getting the games and the reps in right now is just really important for us. Yeah. Um, just watching them in a, in a few games that I've, I've seen them, they got the speed. It's there. You know, they're putting pucks in the back of the net. Like we're, like we're used to seeing them, right? <laughs> we're used to seeing bucks. Going in the back of the net, I think our last game, uh, an 8-4 win. Um, so that was, it was definitely refreshing from, from that standpoint. I just, I really like the overall, uh, dynamic of this team and what these forwards bring and even what the D bring as well. So I think. Let me cut you off there. We're better than we were last year. There you go. <laughs> okay. So here, you here's go. the deal, right? Is, you know, we snuck in under the radar last year. You know, I think we came in, uh, up, uh, number two by the end. Yep. We're going to sneak under the radar again this year. I, I, I will say this from our team. It takes a while to learn, you know, not, not that, I, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that everything's so complex, but it takes a while to teach the way I coach, you know, to these kids. It, it's not something that happens overnight. And a lot of these kids, you know, we haven't had the practice time we have. So a lot of it is delayed. We didn't have the training early on, but you're going to see it start clicking. Yeah. It, it's starting to come. And uh, I, I will say this. I love last year's team. I love the team the year before. This team is better in both of them. And, <laughs> and from a talent standpoint, and that's including him and I got an argument on the way back because he was telling me, <laughs> he was telling me, oh, the twins. I'm like, no. I said, I don't care if you had the twins on that team. No. This team's better. And, and I stand by it 100% I'm around these guys every single day. And I loved last year's team. I loved it. Every one of my teams, I've got stories about every one of them, but this one is not even close. Um, it's just going to take some time for these guys to click because, you know, we just haven't had the reps. And again, to play the way I coach, it's a lot different than what these guys have seen. They, they, they look at me sometimes like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, you, you know, and some of the concepts that we have. Um, but they're starting to get it. They're starting to yeah. play at a higher pace. When you watched us, you know, when we, you watched us, uh, in, in Wilkesburg, we're terrible. We're awful. I mean, absolutely god awful and embarrassing uh, the way we played. Not from a talent standpoint, it's just the fact of how these guys adapting to, to, to what the expectations are, but now they're getting it. The light bulb yeah. is going off. And I'm telling you, when you see these guys, when the light bulb goes off, and, and I'm looking forward to you seeing them. You're going to be like, this is what I'm used to. Yeah, and, and you see it. We saw in Wilkes-Barre, when you were watching along with us, you were watching us on hockey TV. And we I thought, saw. I it, thought we were bad. And it was, it was, the, it came out of the gate slow, and you felt yeah. like it was a team trying to find its footing, a team that just hadn't been on the ice. We yeah. kept saying it on the broadcast. You started to get glimpses in the third period, and it just, I said it over and over again with yeah. your squad. It takes time, and it's what happened last season. Mm-hmm. Last season, all of a sudden, the Aviators start just just tearing apart Barnes it's, as you, you guys know, went through the know, Here's the thing you got to look at with us too. I mean, you go up and down our roster. I mean, the last two years we're pretty. We had old teams. I mean, you look at this. These guys are young. I mean, not only 
I think these guys are going to really start to perform and you're going to be like, all right, these guys remind me of last year's group. This is the type of talent. You, when you see it, like I said, once um, everything clicks for them and now it's starting to click, like we played the other day and I'm like, all right, we're just starting to get it. The yeah. issue is, is these guys being a young team, can you do that? day in and day out and and that's part of the adjustment process but i think they're gonna they're, they're really gonna get it and they're gonna come on and and uh I, I don't be surprised when these guys you, you know when, you, when you, we we get through and you're like here they are again yeah. you know don't be shocked on that but um there's some guys whose names you're gonna you're gonna learn and you're gonna be like wow this 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 is just like phil this is just like arca this is just like daniel or name your aviator from the past yeah these guys are there and it, the difference is is last year you had Noah Gold, you had Mania. Everybody talks about the Twins, but you had Noah Gold on that team. You had Mania on that team. You had Sukunos. I mean, you had some guys that could play, and oftentimes they were our best players on the ice. The difference is this year, there's about a dozen of them, yep. and it's just taking time to mesh. And once they mesh, I think they're gonna they're they're gonna creep up on some people. And 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 the beauty is. They're gonna be. They're all gonna be there next year. We're only losing a few guys, yep. you know. So um, it's. I, I really like this group. I'm very high on this group. I, I really haven't been as you know high on a group in years as I am these guys. And that's saying a lot. And our, you know, you look at our record, and, I, and I'd be like, "Geez, I can't wait to play these guys. These guys stink." <laughs> yeah. But then you're gonna show up and be like, "Oh my gosh!" But here's the difference. You know, there was a lot of fluff in our schedule the last two years. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd go beat a team by 19 goals. I mean, come on, what is that? You know, yeah. the difference this year, every game is war for these kids. Especially like, that mid-Atlantic oh division, too. God. You look at that Elmira yeah. Junior Enforcers They're team, legit. that's a team that is really legit. They've added to it. We saw yeah. Mateo Dixon came down from over the border, and yeah. he might be hes one of the fastest kids alive. He's a guy that reminds me. Of an arc for a film. Yeah. He gets out and he runs with it. And, and then you got Philadelphia and you got the Rockets. I mean, yep. this, this thing's war all the time. And, you know, a lot of the games that we had to have canceled and it's like, all right, we're going to play this team. I'm like, all right, here we go. We can get some reps in. They're like, oh, no, canceled. You got to play the Rockets again. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. So, you know, me, I listen, I, I, I love playing those guys yeah. and, you know, and they like playing us because it's always a good game, but I'm like, you know, can we get one day and not beat the daylights <laughs> out of each other? You know, you got guys limping out of here. And then, you know, it's so it, it's, you know, it, and again, you know, you come down here. You got to remember when we played our first game, we haven't been on the ice in over a month. We yeah. haven't had practice. So all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're stepping in and they're like, all right, boys, here's Northern Cyclones now in your hockey club back to back. You haven't practiced in a month, <laughs> you know, yep. you know, so. It was a little rough start, but you know they're 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 going to click, and and they're really starting. You saw them open up on on the Hitman the other day, which they they got a good team. They they they're a hardworking team, another tough Mid Atlantic team, but you finally started to see some of the, the 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 light bulbs go off, and they're burying pucks, and you know a couple things. There's a lot we got to work on still, but I'm telling you. When you see these guys when they click, you're going to be like you're going to be blown away by these guys. They're really legit. And last season, I, and I broke this on on Joe's podcast. We had we had a conversation. Lucas and I were before the season came to a close, before the national champion was crowned. We were about to take the air three hours later yep. and do our selections. I was picking the Aviators to win a national championship last year. Yep. I had the Aviators. Lucas looked at me and he said, "Do you really think so?" I said, "I just." 
the way that team set up last year with your guy's style, with the teams you were going to be up against, I just felt like you were the mismatch no one wanted to deal with. And that's going to be the same thing every year you go into a game. You're Mike Marks. This is, this is the, the greatest show on turf, but it just turned to ice. And it's, it's one of those matchups that you just aren't prepared for on a one day. We're notice. starting to get it. And that's the thing is, believe it or not, to, to do it this way, it takes a while to teach. Like it takes a while for my defensemen to understand that we are looking to jump up the ice. Like they're not used to that. They're not used to like, listen, it's go, 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 go. And we want to, you know, capitalize on every odd man rush. They're, they're used to like, all right, over the red line, chip it in. I'm like, for God's sake, you work so hard to get the puck. Why are you giving it away? You know, and they're not used to hearing that. They're used to get over the red line, get in and get after it. And, uh, you know, so it takes a little bit and they're, they're going to get it. You know, I'm, I'm, I really like this group. They're, they're uh, some good personalities in there and, but they work hard and they're, they're really starting to buy in. I mean, there is some, you know, a little bit of a struggle on, you know, getting guys to understand what we're trying to do here, but now they're, they're really getting it. They're really buying in. And, you know, again, it's going to, now it's going to come down to consistency and, you know, and then we can get back to our eternal struggle that Lucas and I have, the yin and yang on defense versus offense, right? So now we can come in and 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 uh, and, and get a good debate. You know? I'm just happy to have you guys on finally because I got to listen. <laughs> We're in Tampa, and this guy—I mean—they're going to build a statue of Lucas Jones in that arena that we go to every day at Ben Health Ice Center. This Tampa Bay Junior squad—I love the Tampa Bay Juniors, but they love, they adore Lucas Jones, and it's turned to a point where they started disliking me. <laughs> and I'm just happy to be back with people who enjoy a good nine-eight hockey game and putting pucks in the net. And Joe, you're getting a chance here on the mic here with Hockey TV at really getting the vibe of the entire USPHL right now, whether it's the NCDC, the Premier, the Elite, and then the Premier and Elite for your Aviators right now, what teams have stood out for you outside of the New York Aviators so far in your broadcast? Has there been anybody that's really put the highlighter on? Well, I've done uh, a few Islanders Hockey Club, both Elite and Premier, and you know they, they, they're they a good hockey team. Yeah. Um, it's been very entertaining on both sides of it. Um, I also have done the Northern Cyclones. I really like the Northern Cyclones. Their elite team is uh, their elite ridiculous. team has really been good. I mean, they don't they don't give they're pressing on you the entire game. Same thing with Islanders Hockey Club. I mean, they spend the bulk of their time in the offensive zone. There there was a game I think through two periods. I think the opposing team. I, I don't know who it was that was playing against them had ten shots through the yeah. two periods. You know, and they and they spent a, a lot of time in there. Um, I think those have been so much the, the games that I've done so far on top of, you know, our aviator games over in Ellington. That's, that's the rink I'm continuing to travel to. <laughs> you get the, the long farthest, travel. The farthest it. travel for me an hour. They pamper us. They do our makeup. They I send tell, us 15 minutes go. on the road. I tell you on. what, you know, I mean, Northern Cyclones, <laughs> I mean, Bill always does a heck of a job up there. I mean, every, uh-huh. every, every year you're always going to see the same guys. You got, you know, Jay Ponsky with Islanders Hockey mm-hmm. Club. I mean, yep. he used, he did the same thing when he was with the Bandits. They're always going to be good. In fact, him and I used to go all the way back to when he was uh, working for Danny Hodge back with the old Cape Cod Islanders. Yep. You know, so, uh, you know, every year they're, they're, they're tough teams. And then, you know, who, who I really like this year is uh, who I think is going to be a good team. And I can't wait to play him because it's going to be a lot of fun. Is uh, is Frankie Scarpacci's Florida yes. Eels? I mean, they're they're unloading on teams right now, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward. Those are always good battles when we play them. I mean, I got a lot of respect for what they do, and uh, you know, it really a, a lot of these teams. You know, the one thing I'm blown away with, you know, at the Premier and the Elite level is 
how much better the play has been f- from this year compared to last year. Like oh, yeah. every, the the quality of play is insane. I mean, obviously a lot of that has to do, I'm sure, with trickle down and team shutting down and whatnot. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, you look around, there's unreal teams, unreal programs, and and great coaches. I mean, yeah. you know, there's some guys you got to really go in and be like scratching your head like all right here we go yeah people forget that the old the old ej elite version right the empire jack eichel played in that i mean this it's it's the cradle to college motto is real and you see it in organizations like yourselves do it wonderfully and and perform well you know i want to piggyback on what mike was saying i think this is where lucas and i are going to have an agreement here because in the games that i've called they've been one goal games three two or four three and those are the games that excite me the most. I know you like your offense. I know you love your 9-8 games and stuff like that. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll take it because I'm saying score, score, score. But sometimes those close games going down to the finish, I think that's where, it, like, for at least for me as a broadcaster, I mean, that's where it's exciting. You know, it's exciting to see the goals and stuff. I think it was the Northern Cyclones game. I got a lacrosse-style goal. I was able to call it great <laughs> fine. But at the end of the day, like to me, I love the three-two game right at the last second. You know, maybe the final thirty seconds. There's that onslaught that's trying. Somebody's trying to get the puck in with a six-on-five or extra yep. attacker on. But I'm 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 all about defense. I'm all about defense in those games. Let's get to the Q and A now. I have kept Lucas silent long enough. He has been sitting here listening alongside. We're gonna have a bunch of questions for these guys. We're gonna be talking to Joe Coffee about. The work being done behind the scenes to keep everyone safe with with COVID-19, the pandemic, how much effort goes into that, what the aviators are doing to keep their players safe. We're going to talk about the amount of milk in the fridge in that picture from the Instagram. I mean, really? How much milk can we possibly drink? I have one thing of oat milk here for two men. We don't need any more. And we're going to talk a lot more aviators hockey. Lucas, you can kick it away with the Q&A. What if you could naturally improve your sleep? and fight snoring just by drinking water. Introducing Remastered Sleep, the first water bottle designed to fight snoring and provide a natural way to better sleep. This is not just an advertisement. This is a personal recommendation. I was part of the study trial and began to feel the benefits in just a few weeks. I continue to use Remastered Sleep to help me get restful sleep even on long road trips. Head to RemasteredSleep.com to find out more information and use the code DANKSHOW10 to get 10% off your purchase. Remastered Sleep. Aspiring to make healthy easy. Back from the break, uh, I want to start off at an organizational level with Mr. Joe Coffey, potentially the greatest name uh, in the Thank USPHL you. right now. <laughs> um, the first thing I want to do is I do want to talk about the you know what you guys go through on a daily basis in this uh, in this hub situation uh, from from the health and safety perspective. So you know because there have been a lot of questions. Uh, the USPHL has given a lot of answers, but there are a lot of people out there who, you know, who want to know more about what it's like in reality for a team on the ground. So what is, what is your day to day like from that perspective? So, uh, it goes day to day by just checking up on everybody, making sure everyone's, you know, feeling up to par. Uh, every week we send out pieces of paper to each room, just, uh, like a symptoms check to try to make sure that everybody's, you know, regulated in their normal, symptoms range make sure no one's feeling anything different no you know loss of taste smell fever anything like that if somebody does come apart that you know we have tests up in my room that we could easily test people with um 
other than that, it's just, you know, keeping the mood up, making sure everyone's happy. And, uh, you know, we're down here for 44 days, having the best of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's not just, I mean, the health is a huge part of it, right? But it's, it's guys who have to live together for yeah. a long period of time. Uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of space to roam out here. You can get some fresh air, you know, if you need it and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it's, it's always nice to know that all the, the boxes are being checked, right? It's, it's, you know, daily check-ins. Tests are available. Every team's got tests down here. We were tested by the hitmen when we first arrived. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, we showed up at the rink and we were tested outside. You know, before we even really got a chance. You just to... came to us, but uh, it's alright. <laughs> it's a well, rivalry too. Yeah. It's gotta be careful about that. Yeah. Well, they to, their tests will be ready in thirty seconds. They're so quick out there all the time. Uh, but yeah, so the, and, and we really appreciate that as well. Um, what are what's been some of the experiences the players have had? Because you guys have been down for a while in terms of the mental aspect of living with these these guys for so long, living with their their roommates essentially. Have the guys been taking it well? Have there been, have you needed to mediate any disputes out there? What's, what's life been like? You know, I'm going to knock on wood right now. Everything's <laughs> been pretty well, uh, organized. You know, we try and pair everyone together mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, who kind of gets along and, uh, everything's been, I can't complain. Mm-hmm. There's been no complaints from all the players. The rooms are very spacious. You know, each room has their own shower and everything to it. So you can't really, bump into each other but uh mm-hmm. you know no complaints i tell you what i mean every every organization should you know be lucky to have somebody like joe that does here i mean he does i i, I tell people all the time i'm like you know as long as i'm here you know because joe's my right hand guy he, mm-hmm. every he does so much to keep this thing going and i joke with the guys i'm like I'll get rid of any player before I get rid of Joe. You know, he does everything from not only from the medical side of things, but you know, he, uh, he helps these guys. I mean, you know, making sure we get where we need to go on time, making sure that we have, uh, um, you know, you know, all the equipment that we need, that we have everything that we need to travel. And I have a funny story when he first started, I can tell you guys, it's, it's, it's great. So we're playing, we're up in Hartford playing the Wolfpack. <laughs> so it's his first game with me on the road. Uh-huh. This is what, three years ago? Three years ago. And, uh, you know, so we, we have a, we have a big win. And, uh, you know, I think we won like 12 1 or something like that. It was the first year we had, uh, Sukinos and Twins, all those guys. And, uh, so we get, we get done and I'm like, Joe, first win, buddy. I said, uh, you know, beer's on me tonight. You know, I don't, I don't drink, but I was happy to buy him a beer. And he looks at me and he's like, coach, I'm 17. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, all right, so, I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm like, all right, soda's on me. <laughs> as much pop pops, as you can handle. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea you know, how he carries himself. I had no idea. I figured he was like 22. That's you know? incredible too. He's 17 at the time and he's, he's, he's running the show for us. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's a great experience for him. But, you know, really the, the value that he brings and we can't, we can't do what we do with, with what, without him here. I agree with that. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta jump on top of that because it's just, he is so organized. It's also a great feature that he's has OCD. He knows if every little piece of medical tape is out of place, every band aid that's out of place. So, I mean, like he is just so organized and now getting to bunk up with him and just really getting to know Joe Coffee and the ins and outs. I mean, he he does a fantastic job. Mike Mike hit it right on the head. Hey, that. don't go in my room. You're gonna have a terrible time. <laughs> I am, I'm like I'm like Albert Einstein. Lucas has to deal with a guy who my brain deals in chaos only. It's the only way I can think. 
<laughs> You're, that's the only way you might be like Albert Einstein. That's, uh, <laughs> no, that's 100% correct. I do have a mustache sometimes, though. We match there. There you go. But I, I think it's, it's good, it's good to talk about that stuff. Um, and it, it, great to hear from you guys too, because people might not realize that junior hockey is, is built on guys like Joe Coffey. It's built on the guy who can come in and do their job and do other jobs and fill in the gaps and be reliable and be in there all the time and not to underestimate how important someone like that is to an organization, right? So, you know, to organizations out there who feel like you're, you're missing a Joe Coffee, don't steal this one. Go find your own. <laughs> but it, you know, you, you need that, right? You know, how many times Dan have, have we, you know, shown up to broadcast the game and, Something that's not broadcasting related has needed an attention and, you know, we split up and we handle it. So it's junior hockey is a game that's built on people like that. And, you know, based on the stories they've told Joe, and I'm glad they answered, uh, because if you, I was going to ask you that question. And if I felt like you were underselling yourself, I was going to go directly <laughs> to that. Um, but they went ahead and did that for you. Uh, now coach, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about the team this year. Yeah. So slow start. In a way that I think no one would have predicted, uh, if you go back to, you know, February yep. and March. Um, but when a team can't practice, when a team doesn't have the ice time, when the team's not out there playing competitively, tough to get things started. From your perspective, what are the, some of the challenges that your team faced? Well, so, some of the challenges that I had was even getting these guys here. I feel like honestly that I could go work for the CIA, CIA right now because in order to get these guys, if you look at the roster, we've got many European players. Yeah. And, you know, the sacrifices these guys have had to come here. So to give you an idea, when we recruit these guys, it's not like they just come over like they normally would have. In the year in the year of COVID, these guys had to, say, come from Sweden or whatever their home country was. We would have to have these guys go to Serbia for two weeks because according to CDC guidelines, you can't be in... Uh, areas of, uh, uh, you know, France, Germany, you know, Sweden. So they had to go to an area that was cleared by the CDC. So these guys, I had them go to Serbia for two weeks, not knowing if they could come in because they, these guys aren't, aren't on visas. Mm-hmm. Normally they'd be on a B1, B2 visitor visa, which is going to get you through the season. These guys had to come over on an ESTA. And ESTA is basically a 90 day pass to come over and do your thing. Mm-hmm. So these guys came over. And went to, to a country they didn't know. They go to Serbia. Someone went to Turkey. Um, and, uh, they fl- fly over. I gave a heads up on the, to the border patrol. I let them know they were coming. It didn't matter. I, I provided them all the documentation. So these guys, when they come over, generally on a, on a visa, you're, you're pretty good to go on the NASTA. These guys had no idea it's up to each individual border agent if they're going to let you in the country. So these guys spent a week in Serbia flew over to New York not knowing if they were going to get through. Um, you know, some of them got pulled over, pulled into the room and interrogated and everything like that. So they get through, you know, and that's an ordeal. That costs these guys a lot of time, a lot of money. I mean, imagine going to, you know, a country you've never been and having to put yourself up in a hotel for, you know, 15 days yeah. and then fly over. So fast forward, you know, to they, they get here. We don't have our usual prep. We don't have access to our facility where we can do film. It's it's really in practice. You can't even shower. You do your practice, you get out. Mm-hmm. So there's no meetings. There's no film. There's no implementing our strategy. There's nothing. Uh, it's very difficult. 
And then we find, you know, we get through and games are being canceled and games are being moved. And, you know, obviously the league's stepped up and we're doing whatever we can to reschedule games, but it's frustrating for these guys. So my hat's off to these guys and the resiliency that they've shown. But let's fast forward even further. Now we get to Christmas and these guys can't go home. If they go back, the minute you step foot back in in a country that's banned by the CDC... You have to do another 14 days in Serbia. So these guys, everybody got on board, and I sent these guys to Panama. So these guys are going to a third world country, and they had to sit there for... Because what happens, you have your 90 days, and with an S, you have two years that you can use, but you can only do it 90 days at a time. So their 90 days were up. So now they have, so I'm, I'm researching, I'm talking to, to, I'm I'm talking to U.S. Congress people, I'm talking to, I'm talking to border agents, I'm talking to supervisors, and I'm like, all right, here we go. And we load them all up and they go to Panama City, Panama, and we send them there. They have to miss Christmas sitting in a hotel where Panama is not the safest place in the world where they're at was fine they're at a mm. five-star resort and everything like that but mm-hmm. you know i wouldn't really want to venture out in the city they're stuck on the they're stuck resort on the yeah. resort mm-hmm. and guess who they went so, with so they're stuck so they're stuck on the resort and uh these guys really can't do much yeah. again to reset their esta so they can finish the season so they miss out on christmas they miss out on their families and again not knowing whether they're going to be able to get back in the country. Yeah. So nice. imagine what these guys did through, you did to get through this just to be able to play. So now they, they get back in and this is December 26th and they're scheduled to fly back and the flight, the no flight, right? Because the, if the flight wasn't full, they booked it and they canceled, moved to the next day, moved to the next day. Finally, United picked the flight up instead of flying into where they were going to go into Florida and then to New York it rerouted them to Houston. So now you're talking back to Houston where the border patrol is looking at hockey players. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. I mean, why would you be coming from Panama? So these guys, so I think five or six of them got held up for like five hours, you know, get, yeah. get, you know, just left there. And I mean, you talk about stuff you see on TV. This is it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting by my phone and I'm, I, I have no contact. I'm, I'm freaking out. And, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, everything worked out. You know, they got through and, and no issues. And, and again, you talk about a, a Joe of all trades. We sent them down with a chaperone and it was Joe Coffee. <laughs> so Joe Coffee sacrificed his Christmas mm-hmm. to go supervise these guys because we wanted to have a staff member with them to make sure everything was okay. Mm-hmm. Joe Coffey volunteers to go down to Panama and spend his holidays with wow. the boys. And, you know, you guys had a nice pool and everything like that. Weather was beautiful, 90, 85, 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. So it was ask, great until I got yeah. back. Yeah, there's above and beyond, and then there's climbing Mount so, Everest, and that's what and that's And that's what, that's what <laughs> had to happen. So you look at what this team's gone through. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've actually been able to practice and play on a regular basis. So we're just getting going. We're just starting to get to, you know, we've... Yeah. We're really just starting to get to know each other, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a roller coaster, but that's what I'm saying is as these guys, that light bulb starts going off and these guys starting to really get to know each other and get that camaraderie, you know, 
could sneak up on some people, you know, yeah. but the things these guys had to go through just to be here, it's not like, you know, a kid from Chicago that comes over, no problem, I just board a plane. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys have spent so much time, you know, so, so credit to their families, to them for the sacrifice just to even be here is incredible. I don't, you know, I, I tell you what, as, as a player, I, I went back and I was talking to my wife about it. I'm like, I tell you what, at 18, 19 years old, I, I don't know if I would have did that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know if I would have just, you know, you know, took, they didn't know me from anybody else. They're going off other players who've known me or people they've worked with to say, yeah, you know, this guy's all right. This guy's telling me to go sit in Turkey or Serbia for two weeks and, and, uh, mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. And fortunately it, it worked out great. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we have such a great group of players outside of our European guys, really the whole team, but everybody sacrificed to be here. But the stories that, you know, that, that you hear out of this are incredible because I was talking with Kilcoin right before and, and I'm, I'm coordinating right before the game the trip to Panama. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? I said, check it out. And he's like, that's nuts. That's <laughs> you know, so some yeah. of the things you always see in junior hockey, right? We're, like, we're going to Panama. <laughs> Strap up, boys. We're going to go to take a road trip to Panama. <laughs> here. You know, we, I know you guys wanted to go home, but a little, little trip to Panama City here. Get a little recruiting trip in. That's now. it. That's, yeah. it. That's it. Well, it's, it, it. It goes to show you that, you know, as hard as parents at home, people who listen to podcasts, as hard as they think this season was, as hard as they think mm-hmm. it was to get it all together, it's even harder because you guys are trying to do, you do everything above board. Right. And doing everything above board is always harder, always requires more effort. Mm-hmm. And, and, but it's the right way to do it. And, and that's the way that uh, you guys have been doing it. That's what we've been hearing from everyone. It's, it's, you, you listen to the agencies, you do the things the right way. Sending staff members down, right, to make yeah. sure that they're they, they've got a lifeline, essentially, if necessary, to the organization if they yeah. need to. So, you know, I hope that that's an illumination for the people who listen who are listening about just how tough this, this year's been. This year has been very challenging and very. It's been the most challenging year, the most rewarding year I've ever had. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at you know we've had lots of championships and and all these things throughout you know, throughout my years and some some great guys but you know the the the, the frustrations but then the rewards and, and really seeing it, like practice today was all smiles you know you get to see these guys relax in a carefree environment and be able to compete and really get back to to hockey and i think these i feel really bad for for these kids because a lot of them you know, especially in the Northeast have been robbed of that. They've been robbed of, you know, just being able to have a carefree experience at the rink and be with the boys and be with the coaches. And, you know, it's, it's not the same, right? You know, you, you don't have the off ice things that, you know, bring your team together and you're, you're, you know, getting swabbed up the nose every 12 hours. I mean, mm-hmm. it drives you nuts. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, kudos to everybody in the league and everybody that's done this. And, and most importantly, the players and, and their families that have done this because it was worth it today, like at the rink and you just look around and, you know, you're, you're it's just hockey at that point. And mm-hmm. it's the first time all year it's been just hockey. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's what really, you know, it's cheesy to say, but it's true. It's just what makes yeah. it worth it is to see them out there playing. And now Joe Scola, uh, from a broadcasting perspective. Now I know you and I were talking at the beginning of the season. I think in September, you'd given me a couple of aviators games that, you know, that were on the schedule. And 
I would be texting you Friday morning of the game going, hey, is the game on tonight? And you'd be like, well, Cuomo's giving a press conference in an hour, so I'll let you know then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And even in New Jersey, you know, it's by nature of what it is. It's had to be 30 days at a time, and that's just what it has to be. And But that doesn't make it hurt any less, right? When you don't get to broadcast, when you don't get to, to watch <clears throat> hockey. So what's your experience as a broadcaster and a member of, of the organization been like? Yeah, you know, I mean, listen, you you guys know it. We want to be behind the mic as much as we possibly can, mm-hmm. just like these guys want to be out on the ice as much as they can. And, you know, it was kind of deflating a little bit the beginning part of the year, of mm-hmm. the season, of course, um, you know, not knowing what was going to happen. And like Mike said, we we haven't been able to play any home games on our home ice because of the fact that New York is still shut down in that aspect. So. Essentially, that you know knocks somebody like me out, who is the broadcaster for the Aviators, and um, you know I think the last time I had broadcasted a game before coming down here was in March, like everybody else, when things were still somewhat normal. Um, and you know it's difficult. I think when I got down here last Friday, I, I flew right in and I, I had one of our games, and after the game, I kind of went back to my room and I was like, man, I'm like. Still a little rusty. Still a little rusty, especially having that <laughs> yeah. extended period off. Like, you do podcasts and stuff yeah. like that. But when you get, you get into a hockey game, and listen, fortunately for you guys, it's you two on the broadcast. So you guys can have a full-blown conversation. If I'm having a conversation with myself, I think, I think I might not be in the right place. It's all about creating personalities. You know, That's yeah. It. You know, so it's, it definitely was challenging. Like, like, you know, like these players had these challenges. And listen, nothing compared to the challenges that I had of not broadcasting a game. So I give them a lot of credit. I give the staff with the aviators a lot of credit for getting all that done. I'm just thrilled to be here and, and, and happy to be finally behind the mic calling our games. And I told him too, like, you know, I, I, I want to see our team, like just being able to see our team for the first time yeah. on mm-hmm. the ice and, and doing what they're doing. Because like he told you at the beginning of this podcast, me and him had an argument in the car one day and I'm just like, well, I don't have enough of sample size for me to see this team compared to the last two years. I said, leave the hockey to me. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, that, that's the thing that coaches can always fall back on with their mm-hmm. broadcasters. Mm-hmm. I, I used to work with Jared Beach when a, the yeah. Philadelphia Flyers junior hockey team. And it would always be that moment. Usually it was around when he would leave a dent in the wall behind his bench because <laughs> he was the biggest man I'd ever seen where I'd go, you know what? The questions are going to be pretty easy in the press conference today after the game. I'm going to take it easy on them. We're going to throw some softballs and get them out yep. of here. And, and coach, you know, I mean, this whole organization comes together, right? From top to bottom, it, yeah. it's class act. And, and you talk about, Lucas talked about above the board, right? And doing right. everything the right way. And can you talk about just, I, I know we've talked about your style a ton, right? Yeah. We, we talk about, I talk about all the time, just as a great way for players to be showcased, but, can you really talk about just again the importance, especially in like Hub City Tampa? Mm. There's there's scouts around the country watching as much hockey as they can over a 44 day period. When you play a style like yours mm-hmm. and guys get an opportunity to shine, whether it's one on one, whether it's defensemen getting involved offensively, no matter what anyone wants to say about defense, when you are scouting and you don't get to watch a lot of hockey, a lot of times you look at the points. Yes. And you look for that and you see the D-man that's at the top of the points and you go, that's the easiest guy to scout right now. Can you talk about just what you're trying to highlight for your players in your style? You know, for us, I mean, I, I you know, the kind of, the I guess the style, I mean, that represents here is I, I look at it when we do these showcases and, and here is 
how can we showcase as much as we can in as little amount of time? Because yeah. if the scout watches, they're not you generally they're not going to sit there for the whole game. They'll watch a couple shifts here, a couple shifts there. They're sitting there talking to their buddy and this and that. So, you know, we want to give them something that's going to grab their attention. Be like, all right, you know, we we need to check this out and. You know, like we talked about the learning process of our team, we're trying to play catch up on that right now because our, our points, our production hasn't been nearly what it is, but it's it's yeah. going to get there. So we're, we're making it up. But that's the, the, the a lot of the, the reasoning behind it. And I, I get a lot of it from, from people that says, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. And that's not the purpose. The purpose for me is, you know, it's not about winning. It's about getting these guys where they need to go. It's about, you know, getting these guys showcased. And for me, I try to do it the best way I know how, you know, and knowing that when these guys come to watch, they're not sitting watching the whole game. They're maybe watching a half a period. So we need to razzle dazzle and show as much as we can in 10 minutes. And that's what I always tell guys all the time, you know, and my players hear it from me all the time. As I said, listen, you don't know what part of a game a scout's going to watch. You don't know what period. So let's not put bad stuff on tape. Yeah. Let's let's make sure that we're putting the best we can on tape all the time. So when somebody looks at you and say, listen, his high might be pretty good, but his low is not that low. So, you know, that's where we want to try to have a lot of consistency in what we do. So that's a big reason why we we play the way we play is because I want to capture somebody's attention if they may only watch for a couple minutes and and sometimes I get it everybody stats watch and look at standings and historically you look like all right the Rockets and these guys and you know Philadelphia whatever these these guys are generally the top of the division so when we go to Marlboro we're going to watch this team and I know they're going to be there and I know we may only have them for five minutes so yeah. that's why we play the way we play. You know, and it's not necessarily geared. I mean, again, I play three guys, three forwards on the PK. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yep. we brought in a kid, um, just recently, uh, from, um, I believe some team Illinois, uh, AAA in the HPHL. Yeah. And, uh, another one from CYA. And the first game, I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't used him in that situation. So I didn't tell him. Yep. So he comes after you as, I've never even heard of that. <laughs> we scored two shorthanded goals. You know? yep. It's a mad scientist. It's the idea of we hockey is similar to a sport like baseball. Right. It's so caught in convention, right? And there's there's great things in convention. There's right. the idea of you can compare 1908 to today. Right. And that's a great thing about the game of hockey. You can do that in ways, but you know, you gotta, you, sometimes you need the guy to run through the wall before you yeah. can actually build the door for others to go through. Right. And that's what you're doing here. It, it's the idea of putting the player first yep. at the junior hockey level, worrying about what's going to get them seen. Okay. Yeah, you want to win games, right? You're not yeah, out here trying course. to lose games, of, no, course. of course. But the idea is you're trying to find a better way to play the game for these players at this level. Yeah, I mean, I use our penalty kill as an example you know, of that because, you know, oftentimes we'll, we'll do that. And I like to do it because now instead of being condensed and trying to transition, I have 200 feet worth of ice yeah. to work with. I can stretch guys out and... I don't have to worry about icings. I don't have to worry about a lot of stuff that now the sudden like, boys, we can get as creative once we get possession as we can possibly get and stretch things out 150 feet versus, you know, 
having to play within the red line. Yeah. Now I don't have to do that. Now I can, you know, guys know that if we get possession with even a split second, that we got two guys going and oftentimes a third and we're looking to attack their D that are standing still thinking that they're mm-hmm. going to, they're going to hold the line yeah. and we're already playing in the neutral zone, you know? So I think I look at it as a, a good opportunity for our guys to be more creative and to, you know, show what they can do a little bit more. And, and that's the only reason. I mean, yeah. you know, if, if it's a, if it's a different level of play where winning, it's all winning, I'm probably not going to do that as much. I, I, I still will, but not as much. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's simply just trying to, to, you know, show what these guys can do, you know, cause, you know, a lot of these guys don't realize that, they have, they can get that creativity. They can, you know, play that way. Then maybe they haven't, they've been restricted before. Like right? they've yeah. always been coached to get over the red line and dump it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a four letter word around me. We don't dump that much. <laughs> you know what I mean? So guys, it's refreshing sometimes, but it takes yeah. a little while to get guys out of that habit of like, guys don't realize, you know, they, they gain the zone and going hard to the net. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's, yeah. we're, we're not looking, we're looking to possess and zip this thing around and snap the puck around a little bit. We're not just driving hard here. You know, we're, we're yeah. going to, you know, you know, change it up. So it's changing some guys thinking a little bit, not that we're reinventing the wheel, but we just want, we want our guys to be able to utilize their skill and, and use it to their advantage. And knowing that in a hub city, if they're, they're looking at us on tape or if, in, if it's in person, yeah. that we may only have five minutes of, of attention span there. And we want to take advantage of that five minutes that we get. Yeah. It makes sense too, because you think about when you're on the penalty kill, there's no icing, right? Yeah. So it's almost like a free play in the NFL. Yeah. If, you, if there's a, there's a penalty, so, quarterbacks bomb a deep, right? Aaron so, Rodgers. Exactly. <laughs> right? It's, it, is, right? it is perfect. <laughs> it, it, it really is a great way and, and you know, to approach I'm it. not against defense. I, I, I get that. You know, I'm really not. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, wor- I was working on a 1 3 1 today, believe it or not. I'm like, I love wow, going to Ottawa. I'm Let's take a, a trip up north. Such a huge fan. I was working on, that, on it all day know? today. You know, so I'm not against it, but. There's a reason why we do it. And, and like I said, it's, it's, I know that we're going to have a coach's attention for a few minutes and I want to take advantage of yeah. it. And no, mm-hmm. nobody wants to see our, our guys dump the puck or play a one, three, one. If, you know, they're, they're, you know, if you, if you came to watch, you know, Mania or Gold or the Leiden Cubs last year, do you want to see him dump the puck all day? My, <laughs> listen, Mike, I love my kid. He's 12 years old, but he can dump the puck. It doesn't take any talent. <laughs> if I put my wife out there, she could probably do it. It doesn't take any talent to do that. Yep. You know, we want to, we want to show the players that take some talent and showcase what they can do. So it's not always the most popular choice in the room, but yep. you know, I, I fight for that one and you know, I, I generally don't apologize for it. I paid for it a lot, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's as long as it helps the boys out. Those who run through the wall get bloody. That's what it's all That's about. It. And it's about taking yep. a chance. And, and you know, you, it's, I've always led by, you know, lead follower, get the hell out of the way, right? George Patton. You know who taught me all that? Is, uh, Danny Vasquez. Yeah. And, and yeah. that, that is a great transition here, coach, because I did want to bring up Dan Vasquez here yeah. today. And the reason why we drink an old fashioned here today is because Brett Brunato and I, Brett Brunato used to be the marketing man for the USPHL. He and I came over from the Philadelphia Flyers mm-hmm. junior hockey team and started working for the USPHL when this all got started. And we were, Sitting in a bar across from the old Detroit Tiger Stadium, just a, a lot. Yep. 
And we sat down with Danny Vasquez after a, a Mexican dinner in downtown Detroit that I will tell you, I've never eaten that much food in my life. And I love to eat. And we sat down and he asked me, he goes, whiskey? And I go, of course, not even a question. And we sat down and we drank old fashions yeah. with Basil Hayden's for about six hours talking old baseball stories when he found out I worked in baseball and was a big baseball fan. And he was just a guy that from from just knowing him in passing, just mm. a small glimpse at Dan Vasquez, everyone around him loved that man. Everyone mm-hmm. around him saw him as someone who cared. He cared about the city. He cared about the people around him. He cared about family. He cared about every player that came through him. And I know you had a, a really close relationship with Coach Vasquez. And yeah. I just, I, I'd love to have your thoughts on him. I mean, this is a guy who we see... His Detroit Fighting Irish just pulled in on a bus today into the building. And and this is an organization he loved, he grew, he cultivated. And just how great of a man was Dan Vasquez? I, I tell you what, he, that was a tough day for me when I when I learned of that. That was uh that was difficult. I you know, I I don't have a lot of friends in hockey and he was one of them. Like, you know, I, he I, you know, I'm very close to like like you know, my kids and, and my wife, obviously, but when it comes to the hockey world, I, you know, I, I don't know a lot of people and, you know, really close with a lot of people. And it, that was a tough day. Um, I was very close with Dan. I mean, Dan, I've, he's, he's known me since I was, you know, 14, 15 years old. And, you know, he's from Detroit and I'm from Marquette. It's eight hours difference. Yeah. And we're sitting there at the showcase. In uh, this summer, the, the 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 combine in Detroit, I got nothing done in three days. I didn't mm-hmm. talk to. I don't think any players. I didn't even watch any of the games because me and Danny. Are, he's like he's like. I remember when you were. You know, I was telling him. I said, "Remember you had. You know, you with Caesars. I was. Remember you had the Detroit Trackers." He's like, "Yeah." I, I said, "I remember playing." He goes, "You're a pain in the ass." <laughs> he goes. <laughs> You know, I said, cause we had a line brawl. It, yep. it, it, I mean, it was, it was, it was great. It was so much fun. And I, he goes, I remember that game. So we're, we're telling old war stories, but like, you know, he knew, I mean, from, you know, when I was 15 years old and, you know, he's like, yep, you know, you, you know, you always knew when you played Marquette that you, you know, you were, uh, in for a tough game. And, and, uh, we used to have the fall classic up there, the Marquette yeah. electricians fall class used to be the biggest showcase, um, at the midget triple a level in the the world. Only that in the max out in Calgary. Yeah. And, uh, he used to come up for that and, uh, you know, just talk about all the stories of, you know, him up in the UP and, you know, every time we always talked about Michigan and every time we showcase, I mean, there's always a big hug and, you know, just seeing how things are doing. But I remember my first year in juniors, first year coaching, I coached, um, the Central Wisconsin Saints, which are now the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings. So I, I actually used to coach the River Kings before Marty did. So they they were the Saints, and then they became the River Kings. So that was back in the old G, the, the old Great Lakes Junior Hockey League. Yeah, yeah. So I go in there, and who do I see? My first, so the the owner sends me down to the league meeting, and I'm I'm like 25, 26 at the time, and I, I have no clue what I'm doing. And so I go down to Detroit. Who's the first person I see is, is Danny. And, uh, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> I have no clue. I've never coached, yep. you know, you know, really anything meaningful. Um, 
I don't know what I'm doing with this league stuff. And that's when he told me, he said, listen, you know, he gave me a lot of insight and, and, helping me become me. He said, listen, at the end of the day, because I was a young guy, like saying, you know, I need to get to this league and this league and that league. And he's like, stop, just stop. You know, like he goes, your purpose here is to, to help these guys in whatever way you can. And, and uh, I, I learned a, a tremendous amount from Dan and, you know, we did a, a combined uh, camp this summer yeah. and, uh, you know, it was great him and, uh, and myself and, uh, you know, the, their head coach, Sam Shaheen is one of my former players, <laughs> you know, so it's amazing how it all ties together. I, I just, they, they checked in and I saw him, yeah. I'm walking back from the football fields and there's Sammy and him and I have a, have a big hug. And, you know, I mean, he was on our, uh, my first aviator team that won a, won a USPHL championship. Oh. He was on that team. I traded for him. And it's funny. I trade, you talk about stories. Yeah. I had a kid on my team and it, he he wasn't very good. He's a good kid, you know. And I I kept getting his name wrong. And anyways, the kid he wasn't playing a lot, so we you know he's he, we traded him, you know. So we sent him out to to Glacier Nationals at the time. It wasn't even a trade; it's just like an opportunity for him. And Sam at the time has a broken leg. So this poor kid finds out he got traded for a kid with a broken leg. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so the kid comes in. We we bring in Sam. And, and Sam's great. And, you know, he went through a, a tough time. His mom passed that year. And, and, uh, you know, so long story short, the kid we traded for is now the head coach of the Detroit Fighting Irish. And we were, we were all sitting back telling that story yeah. this summer at our combined camp that we did in Detroit. And we're all sitting there, you know, having some wings. And it was, it was, I'll never forget that night. It was me and Sammy and, and Dan and his wife. And we're just sitting back talking about, uh, just talking about hockey and, and, uh, and that was, uh, that was, that was the last time, uh, I saw Dan. And I tell you what, that's a great memory. And, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, he'd be pissed at me if I was getting upset about it, but you know, he's, uh, he was, he was a good one and, and he really shaped me and, and, uh, you know, and, and the type of coach I became and, you know, he, he always told me, he's like, you be you and you don't, if you get fired over it, you get fired over it. And I got yeah. fired out and I said, damn, what the hell is this? <laughs> what happened? I I'm like, I did what you fired. told me to do. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, well, that's the way it goes. I didn't tell you that part. You know? but I tell you what, and, and I've never regretted any, and you know, I've been fortunate enough that I've been coaching juniors now full time for, going on like 10 years now 11 years and i can credit all of it to him that i don't yeah. have to go out and have a real job i get to i get to sit here like my wife said she goes you know you get to i got to go to work and you're going to play with your buddies yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. and, and i'm fortunate enough to do it and I, and, and uh, dan was a, a big reason why and i tell you what a heart of gold he would bend over backwards for any one of his kids and you read some of the tributes that came about from him and uh you know, us and I, if, uh, if I can even make a fraction of an impact that guy made in, on the earth, then, then we did pretty good because he yeah. was, uh, he, he was one of the good ones. You know, that was, that's, uh, it's, it's, it's not as fun a place without him, you know? Yep. And I tell you what, I loved seeing Sam because, you know, he had such an impact on Sam over there. And, and, you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm doing the elite and the premiere and I'm running around like a chicken <laughs> with my head cut off and, you know, my boy had, uh, you know, I had to fly back to New York to finish my COVID vaccine. And the first thing Sammy says, he goes, he goes, if you need me to run your, run one of your practices while you're gone, let me know. That's awesome. You know, 
that's that's Danny right there. You yeah, know, and you can exactly. see that being passed to Sam, and and uh, it's uh, it's it's just great when it comes down to it. You know, there's there's some great people in this game. You know, and and Dan was one of them, and there's there's countless others that when he that's what it's all about. You yeah. know, there's really some good people, and when you see that part of it, the family side, the the human side of it, it's it's not about hockey. It's you know, it's just you know about helping people out. Yeah, you know? and Dan Vasquez, an incredible conversationalist, oh an incredible gosh. coach, an incredible. I, I wish I could sell some of the stories on air, but <laughs> there's some doozies. But boy, I tell you what. It was fun, <laughs> you yeah. know. It was, but it, it's just amazing that you know. Here I am. I'm 40 years old, and he remembered distinctly. Like I'm not even kidding. The exact game, and he's telling me. He told. He's like, yeah. He goes. I remember. You know. He's telling me plays in that game that happened, and I, I mean, I was 15, 16 at the yeah. time, and he he knows every every bit of it. You know, and you know, I tell you what, they just. They, don't make him like that, you know. Yeah. And, and I tell you what, he's uh, and, and you keep an eye on Sam. Yeah, you, know? mm-hmm. you keep an eye on Sam because uh, you know there's a lot of him in uh, in Sam and and very knowledgeable guy, and he's uh, he's going to do real well. You know, you're going to see that torch pass to Sam there. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the Dan Vasquez family, oh. the entire Vasquez family. I mean, the, the loss for not just his family but this whole hockey world. It's Junior hockey, it, it gets lost a lot in a world of competition and, and finance and trying to, trying to win games, trying to win recruitment battles, trying to have the most commitments, trying to move numbers around. And it, guys like Dan Vasquez, they're the ones and, and folks like yourself, Mike Stanaway and, and everyone from the Aviator organization, there's, you see folks like that, and that's what gives you that hope. That's what yeah. makes this game so great. It's the people that put the game first. And Dan Vasquez in his career put the game first. In Detroit, yeah. in a place needing opportunity, in a place needing access to a game that is expensive to get started mm-hmm. in, is tough to get your feet under you, to get skates on your feet, to put pads on, to play the game. Dan Vasquez did so much for this game to introduce it to the walks of life that that may have never had an opportunity to touch us. Yeah, you know, and that's what he understood is that you can be a player and not have a trust fund, you know. And uh, I'll never forget when I was uh, last year in Marlboro, um, because he was doing dialysis, and and he's out here, and I'm like, Danny, he's like, I'm not missing this. You know, he's like, I'm not missing this. We'll we'll figure it out, you know, and uh, it's – he, he's he, he's one of the good ones for sure, and that's you know, like I said, I mean, you you saw it in all the tributes because you go through and read the social media posts, and it was all these players from years and years and years back that mm-hmm. you realize how many people that that he has touched over the years. I mean, it's just his range is a, is a, is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I mean, people can only hope that they touch that many people in their lives and, and you know, he certainly left it a better place, especially in the hockey world, better than he found it. You know, I mean, every, from his time back in the North American league in Helena and, you know, and, and just all the way through in the Detroit system. I mean, you know, it's, uh, he, he, he had a, a great impact on not even the hockey, but just on people. And that's, that's the better, the bigger part, you know, and yeah. people forget that, that, you know, this is, you know, if you, you can help people, that's the way you do it. And he, he knew that, you know, and, and he was, that's 
I, I really tried to emulate that because, you know, I'll never forget, like I said, my first, you know, junior meeting, and I'm going in there, and he was my first game that I coached <laughs> against once we got going in that season, and it's a complete disaster. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my ass kicked, and, and then, you know, and then there's fights all over the place on the ice. I'm like, oh my God, what the hell's going on? I can't do this. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what the hell did I get myself into? Yeah. And then I remember afterwards, he, he, he comes over and, uh, you know, knocks on the door and he's like, let's go. We're going out to dinner. <laughs> we just, we just had war on the ice. Like he's, yeah, exactly. he's ripping me apart to shreds. Like he's like, I'm like, what I, what I do to this guy, you know? And, and then right after he's like, let's go. We're going out to dinner. You That's know, it. it was, it was just amazing. You know, it was, it was, uh, it, you know, it's, it was always fun. It was yeah. always fun. And I think that gets lost on people and it never got lost on Dan mm-hmm. that this is, this is always fun we could be doing a lot of things that are a lot worse than what we're doing right now and mm-hmm. and uh he enjoyed every minute of it and i, I remember coming back too because we did that showcase or that that joint tryout camp and you know we're, we're doing the camps over and then we're like going out to dinner again i'm like dan i gotta get home like i got like 12 hour drives like now I, I ended up having to stop halfway through because usually you can make that drive pretty easy it's yeah. like nine mm-hmm. nine hours I don't think I got out of there. It's like nine o'clock at eight, nine o'clock. And I'm like, <laughs> I got to go home. <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, you just won't let you go. You know, yeah. him and Sam, mm-hmm. they're just like, we, you know, it's another round and more food. And let's, let's let her rip, you yeah. know? And it's like I said, you know, the, that's what's all about there. You know, the hockey comes and goes, but that's the part that, that sticks with you, you know? And, and, you know, and if you can pass any of that along to anybody, then I guess you're doing all right. And we leave one here for Dan Vasquez in his honor and, uh, a drink waiting for him, and I'm sure we'll we'll all be remembering Dan Vasquez for years to come in this game of hockey yep. and people around the world that have been touched by just what Dan Vasquez symbolized as a hockey coach. Absolutely incredible. And we talk about, you know, you see the influence of Dan Vasquez in this aviator brand, and, and we turn to you, Joe Coffey, again. And, I mean, you obviously have been sold on the aviator brand. You obviously have bought in. I mean, you bought it enough that you, you went to Panama. <laughs> to make it, make this all work, to keep guys safe, to really be be one with the team here. Can you, what what is it about the Aviator organization for you that sets them apart? What is it that that it that has caused you to buy in? Um, I think it's more just helping you know these kids get to where they need to be. Um, you know, being a paramedic in New York City, you know, that's all it's about is helping yeah. other people. You know, in their worst time, but. You know, being down here, it's kind of like a break from dealing with, like, EMS in the city. So, you know, working with the guys every day, it's kind of not relaxing, but a relief from dealing with the traumatic situations in New York, especially after the pandemic. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a crazy time. I just graduated medic school and, uh, you know, right into the pandemic. But, you know, to come back to Aviator, it's kind of something you get sucked into. Yeah. It's kind of like you just want to keep, you know helping out i can't imagine being a medic in new york city at any time and and starting up in the midst of the craziest time since the spanish flu and none of us were around for that to know how crazy that was i mean what has this all been like for you in new york city well i'll put it in perspective so boston ems is about a hundred thousand ems calls a year yeah we had one day in march that in new york city we did seven thousand calls in a day so there were ambulance lines out the door, 
you know, it was just a crazy time to be, you know, in New York City at the time. And then, you know, I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, is Aviator going to happen next year? Like, (laughs) am I still going to have Aviator coming this year? Is this going to be canceled? Like, what's going to happen? But, you know, luckily, you know, everything pulled through and now we're down here and now it's... It's 44 it, it's, days. It's funny because I, I always lean on, on Joe. I mean, mm-hmm. Joe's a young guy, but like he's, he's my right hand guy. And it's funny. We're, you know, doing COVID tests last night and, you know, just to, you know, spot check everybody yeah, just to make sure we're on the up and up, you know? So I speak sometimes when I get in hockey mode and it can be pretty colorful. Mm-hmm. And I tell these guys, it's like my mother and father, I've never heard, I've never cursed them in my life around my mother and father. <laughs> so I'm telling these guys, like I, I got the vaccine. Um, I'm going to get the second dose. So I was telling about the first one, and the story is just how we, how it's funny. Like I was telling him, like Joe, Joe who gives these tests all the time, and I was telling him my reaction to the test when it gets shoved up and like uh-huh. they're stabbing my yeah, brain and the ex- world. and the expletives that came out of my mouth <laughs> that. You know, he's laughing because he's like, you know, he's laughing because he's like, who talks like that around the nurse? And I'm like, you know, I can't say it here, but it was just like, I had one nurse that was like completely offended. And the other one, she's like, that was great. You know, it is, if anyone at home has not had that test yet up the nose, I had been tested multiple times via spit. Yeah. We've been doing the rapid test via spit at my full-time work. And in this case, I mean, we came down here, and I told Lucas, I have to go first. I can't watch you do it. I can't. And what does Lucas do? Takes the first step in when we're going to get tested, and I'm sitting there watching him from afar. And, oh, man, it was – it is – imagine fishing for, like, your keys when you drop them between the seat and your car. Yeah. But someone's doing that up your nose, ladies and gentlemen. If that doesn't really draw the picture out for you all. I think the biggest thing was – I thought it was a swab, and it's more well, like I, a scrape. It's like a tooth. Yeah, because I've yeah. been, like I've, I've had like brain. like yeah. EMT stuff before. Like I've been to that that type of doctor visit. Or I've had like a swab. The scraper is is new. Territory. I didn't expect it. No. Like I'm getting this thing, and I'm like, all right, it'll be. A, I, I look at this thing, and this thing, I'm like, <laughs> that's gonna go. I'm like, where the hell's that going? Yeah. You know, and I'm like, and, she, and they like stab me in the eye with it practically, and yeah. and I'm losing it. You know, and I'm like, and then she goes, she goes, well, now she goes, well, you're getting the vaccine. So now we got to do the other side too. And I'm like, the the hell you are, you know, we're not (laughs) doing it. So it's funny. Joe gets to see a lot of this stuff that like the, 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 you know, that the players don't see like like this, the funny stories and everything like that, that like, you know, the players don't get to see it. Like he doesn't realize like half the time we're like, you know. It's funny, these guys are so serious. Then we'll go in the office, like, we're making fun of them. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, my, one of our, my assistants back home, he didn't come in because he's got his normal job. Like, we always, you know, like, he wrote a song about one of the kids, you know, and then once we got his college offer, he played it for him. And it's yeah. like, you know, you gotta have a sense of humor. And mm-hmm. the players don't often get to see our sense of humor that we have because I don't show it at all. But then Joe's around, so he gets to see that. It's a lot of fun. And, and, uh, you know, like we're going through even something as little as doing spot checks on COVID tests. I'm like, I got to tell you this story. And he's losing it because he's like, you know, you don't you still, you know, I'm, I'm t- talking about how, I, you know, the, the nurse is horrified and one thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And, you know, and, and, and my reaction to it, like, like it's a COVID test that he does all the time and I'm acting like I'm dying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I, I act like I just got decapitated in there. But it's amazing. I mean, Joe, I just got to tell you, I know – 
we all in life, we want to be humble, right? We don't want to toot our own horn. We don't want to talk ourselves up. But it takes a special someone to run towards danger. And and your job, what you've taken on your profession in a normal time, in a normal world, is running into the face of danger. And if there's one thing New York knows better than anything, it's running into the face of danger, knowing the odds, knowing what's in front of us and taking it on. And you have done that. And and first of all, we, we salute you here from the Dan K Show. We thank you for what you do, whether it's running in the face of danger with your day-to-day work or running in the face of danger by heading off to Panama to make sure players are safe <laughs> and taken care of. And you got to tell them what happened at the end of Panama, though. <laughs> I wanted up getting Mount. What's it? Montezuma's Revenge. Oh, oh. no. you got to stay <laughs> yeah. away from the He water. put the ice cubes in his uh, drink. Oh, <laughs> no. no. So we had this great nine-day vacation. I get back to, uh, back to New York, and I wind up admitting myself into the hospital. So I, I love, I'm I, admitting other the, people. The, the funny yeah. thing is I always ask Joel, like, I always I like to know the details of what he does because it's just like what he does is incredible, you know, like – how he helps people and, and he's probably seen some things that you don't ever want to see. So I'm sitting there like he's, he's got, he's sick and I'm like, so what'd you do? You just blew right in there and checked yourself in a bed. He's like, yep. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he goes, I wasn't <laughs> dealing with this, you know, <laughs> but yeah, he had the ice cubes. Like, he went to, yeah, oh God, that's the lessons. worst time to everything else you going on. Now it's like, the whole time. Now every, I'm down here and we're like, we're not that close to Panama. I'm like, yeah. do you want to touch the water? <laughs> Just kind of play it safe. <laughs> at least, it. At least you don't have it in Panama. Yeah. That, I'm very yeah, thankful that, for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have been a disaster. You Plus with the flight cancellations. Yeah. you got stuck there another couple of days. I would have been, Oh. Can you imagine having that on the flight? That would have been awful. I can't. Um, I yeah. can't even fathom it. And we go. We go to Joe Sakoa now. And Joe, I, I teed you up for this question here. And and if there's one thing about me, I'm a broadcasting nerd. Okay, I got. I got a chance to talk to Paul Porter today, the voice of Amelie Arena with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and talk to him a little bit. And as we talk to our broadcasters, I always love to hear kind of where. Joe Sokoa comes from, right? Where the man behind the mic comes from. Because we're all built off of what we saw. Like, I was built off of local Phillies broadcast. I was a Yankee fan. Built off a of local Phillies broadcaster, Harry Callis, with the, that's a deep drive, the left center field, out of here, home run. That kind of draw, that deep voice. And, I mean, you listen to guys like Doc Emmerich for me. You listen to guys... Who is your Mount Rushmore? You look at your four broadcasters that make up Joe Sokoa. The guys... Whether they make you up or not, the guys you look up to, the people in the broadcasting industry, who's Joe Sakoa's broadcasting Mount Rushmore? Well, besides yourself, um, Dude, that is true. Don't you know? <laughs> don't, don't lie to him. I'm just going to walk out now, guys. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Before, before I get into that, I got to tell you, you know, Mike was talking about you know um, Dan Vasquez and how much he really meant to him. I mean, I'm not here without Mike. Yeah. If I look at it, I'm not here without Mike because I go back with Mike. I don't know, six, seven years maybe. Seven years. Seven years. Yeah, Long Beach. And then, you know, things transpired and he texts me. He goes, hey, I'm going over to Brooklyn. They're looking for a guy. Let's go. I'm bringing you in. So I go in and then it's just, it brings me full circle because then I walk into the office and I see John Dreyer there and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I know you. (laughs) I did Metro Moose games out of like the Aviator with John Dreyer. He was the assistant coach over there. So it was like everything. So, and like even now, like I'm telling Mike, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coaching little kids now. I'm coaching the squirts and stuff like that with John. 
And I tell Mike in the car the other night, I'm like, you know, I really want to like step up a little bit more. I want to start really getting in the aspect of coaching and juniors and stuff like that. Yeah. So if there's anybody that I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to this guy because I've been around him for so long and he's just tremendous at what he does yeah. and how he, you know, connects with players and how he gets them to the next level like nobody else I've ever seen. So, um, you know, outside of that broadcasting Mount Rushmore, like, but if I'm not with the aviators, if it wasn't for this guy. So, you know, whatever he's taken from Dan, like he's, he's, putting it out there to everybody else. So I'm, I'm appreciative of that. Uh, and I'm not trying to suck up to him at all. Yeah. yeah. Under we got him. we joke him. around a lot and I'm just like, you can feel free. You, know, to, you like, can feel free to we do, wax do, poetic. We joke around that's, way that's, too much that, with each other. That like, means a lot. That does. Uh, yeah. That certainly means a lot. It's, it's humbling to hear something like that, but yeah. we do joke around. I asked him cause I said, Oh, Dan Casey. I just said, did you bring your Dan Casey shrine down? <laughs> <laughs> well, or, I think the night, I think the night when you got here, like, Oh, get your autograph book out. Get an autograph from Dan Casey. We got to get a sticker. We got to get a pin. It's like a little league world series. We'll trade pins. You know, like, and, <laughs> and um, it's so funny because when I first, when I first like met him, I'm yeah. like, damn, I'm like, am I going to be able to interview this guy? Like he just comes off as like, he's a, he's scary to approach at first because I'm just like, well, this is when you had your long hair too. So it's like, oh man, I'm like, am I going to be able to interview this guy? Like, and then yeah. sure enough, you, you speak to him, you guys know it now you're listening to it. He's just, he's so fun to talk to. And, and yes, the, the Mike Stanaway, I think book of you know, words that he throws out there. We just know now, like some of the words that he comes out with, I'm just like, all right, I have it in the back of my head. <laughs> you know, like even my fiance throws a couple of words. She's only been around him a couple of times and she's throwing out a, a Mike Stanaway word there, here and there. But, um, you know, growing up in the New York area, you know, big Rangers fan. So for me, I mean, I think the number one guy is Sam Rosen, right? You yes. know, you hear and it's a power play goal. Yep. Um, you know, so I think that guy, has really been inspiring to me. I've met him a bunch of times when I covered the Rangers, just talking to him. And his biggest thing is, I think his number one line to me was, don't be afraid of rejection. Like, use that. Fuel yourself with that. You know, and I've been able to, fortunately, fortunate enough to meet so many of these broadcasters in the game. But, you know, Sam Rosen is up there. Um, you know, obviously the great Doc Emmerich, I think we both know. Like, yeah. I mean, this guy, like, he makes everything interesting. I, I would 100% would love to have him just give the play-by-play for just a regular day and he'll make it. It could be the most boring day in the world. He's retired now. He should I know. be doing it. We it it could be the most boring day in the world and he'll make it so interesting, right? So, um, you know, he's another guy. I think I was just telling John Dre, I said, the kid Brendan Burke, a kid, I mean, he's older than I am, but Brendan Burke, like who just rose through the ranks of the AHL now, you know, took over for how he rose on the broadcast with the yeah. Islanders. He's really good. You know, then you got the baseball guys. We got Michael K. You know, mm-hmm. we got Michael K. John Sterling. Although I make fun of John Sterling a oh, lot. Come on, because, I make fun of no, like just like John Sterling. You, you know, like exactly. Like, yeah, he, I mean, this he guy me he's an interesting personality, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And the names that he, the nicknames he comes up with for every player that runs through if they hit a home run, you know. So, um, but I, I'm just fortunate that I get to do this. Like I yeah. said, um, you know, it's, for a lot of people, it's it's a really tough industry to get into. You know, just trying to break into this thing. Yeah. You know, I've been doing it for almost 10 years now, you know, and I'm grateful for every moment I get. Um, you know, sometimes I could be a loud mouth <laughs> on other places. Mike will be the first one to tell you. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I just, I enjoy every minute of it. Like yeah. these guys enjoy being out on the ice. Like this is my bread and butter, you mm-hmm. know, and I, and you guys understand it. Like yeah. I live for stuff like this. Um, I think one of our, one of our assistant coaches back home, John Sacco, anytime he sees me, he just starts like, here comes Joe Sacoa down into the locker. You know, so it's like he thinks everything, I need to broadcast everything. So it's, but you know, those are some of the guys on my Mount Rushmore. But like I said, 
aviators, I wouldn't be here without this guy sitting next to me. So absolutely awesome, you know, grateful and, for it. And and we love listening. You, you do the broadcast, and we hear, you hear the excitement, right? You hear the the joy of what you're doing in a broadcaster's call. And too many times in this game, like. We're in 2021, and and why I love Joe Sakoa broadcasting Aviators games is, Coach, we look at you as the guy running through the wall. And, you know, forget convention. I'm going to save the word that I was going to use. It's a five-letter word that shouldn't be used on the Dan K show. But, like, convention's great, right? And we have all the people that want to listen to the same broadcasters we were listening to in 1910. But guess what? It's not 1910. You've got new media. We have social media. We have access to... Video content we never had before. You can get a 4K camera for what, 400 bucks, Lucas? I don't know. Lucas knows about tech stuff. I have zero knowledge about that. You've nailed it, actually. Yeah, it's incredible. (laughs) I listen once in a while when we talk. But you can, you have access to a level of broadcasting never had before. So why would we broadcast games the same way we did before? The same way you have analytics. There are analytics in the game of hockey that say you score more goals, you win more games. Yes. And like, you look at it, Lucas is looking at the math and saying, well, that's John Madden-ism. But when we're talking about the overall, the goals per game average, teams with better records have the higher goals scored per game average, even if they're allowing more, even if they're in the minus in the goal differential come the end of the year, the win percentage always falls to the more offensive-minded team in the game of hockey because it's a game where your netminder can stand on your head on their head as well. So I just love what you guys are all doing as an organization. It's... It's not conventional, and that's what it's about. It's about kind of taking a step outside the lines. We looked at the NCDC this week, today, when we're taping this, but we looked at the NCDC's NHL prospects game mm-hmm. and NCAA prospects game, and I talked about it. You had NHL central scouting in the building. You had college coaches. We had scouts from throughout the mm-hmm. NHL in the building as well. We all want to go to the well we know there's water in. Right, we we know where our water is. We'll we'll get our drink. We'll have our time. We'll be safe, but we have to get outside of the box if we want to grow this game, if we want it to get better, and if we want to continue. What the Aviators are doing is championing that mindset. The NCDC doing the same as well. The Premier, the Elite, this USPHL model, all the way from the bottom to the top, absolutely blowing through the roof. And with that, we're going to turn to my right. We're going to go to a man as he takes a sip. Our, our academic guru, and if there's one thing about Dan Kay that the folks at home know, it's that I I did great in college. I really locked in on my book learning at that point. A lot of a lot of good GPAs, but in high school, Lucas and I go back as far as middle school knowing each other and working together as broadcasters since eighth grade. And I may or may not have cheated my way through French <laughs> class by looking over Lucas's shoulder. And one time he did pull a wonderful prank on me by getting a zero on a test when he knew his grade point average was high enough. I also got a zero. There were a lot of questions. Uh, the only thing I know how to say in French is just three, just sweet fromage, which is I am cheese. It's not a real sentence. Nonsense. And we go to the academic man, the, the educational maven of the Dan K show for his academic corner because junior hockey, we remind our players at home, is not just about what happens on the ice. It's what happens off. I think the biggest thing that people should take out of this podcast is going to be related exactly to what my educational moment of the week is. And it's that the road is not straight, nor is it narrow. So you have heard a lot of different perspectives today about how they got to their respective spots. You've heard from Joe Coffey 
about how, you know, working in the, the medical field and then making videos for the aviators on the side. You've heard from Coach Stanaway talking about how, you know, the, the road has been, there was this one idea of what success was and that was changed. You heard from Joe Sokoa talking about how he might not be where he was if not for the encounter with Coach Stanaway. I started my hockey career as a history teacher. I came out of college with a double major in history and political science and taught history at a high school level for two years, history and economics and political science. I then tutored history and math and science for five years, and I continue to work as an academic tutor and academic advisor. But I've also been working with the Dan K Show for six years. So if there's one piece of advice that I have for parents, because I suspect that your your children, your students already know this, is that at the age of 16, 17, 18, they don't really know what they want to do academically. And we shouldn't expect them to know what they want to do academically. And for parents, that is scary. But it shouldn't be. Because the path is not straight and narrow. You have to let your child, get out into the world, go to college, you know, four-year major if that's what works for them, a master's if that's what works for them, get into a trade school if that's what works for them, go play hockey and get a scholarship if that's what works for them. But don't be afraid of the unknown because as you've heard from the five people sitting around this microphone tonight, the unknown can often lead you into situations that you never could have dreamed of if you had tried to overcomplicate and overplan your life. Wonderful words from Lucas there. And, and I mean, again, it always, usually it feels like he's targeting me when he talks about academics on this podcast. And this time it didn't feel that way, Lucas. So I really appreciate that one. But wise words from a wise man. And we remind you all again, it's players at home, 44 days down here in a hub. It doesn't mean the classwork goes away for you guys who are taking classes right now. And it doesn't mean that college isn't coming. So make sure you stay locked in, stay focused, stay strong. With that, we go to the final part of each show where we have our parting words. And this is always a fun time. Coach Stanaway has had a take at it already. He's going to have his second. But I'm going to start with, again, a guy who, I mean, I can I can say, Joe Coffey, that it is it is an honor to talk to someone like yourself. I mean, I we talk to hockey people all day. We talk to uh, people throughout this game all the time. And... It's the folks like yourself that don't get on the podcast, that don't get the, the, the broadcast call or the thank you at the end of a game. Or it's the guys like you who it, you stand out in a way and you're okay with doing it from the sideline for the betterment of the game of hockey. These people, these players, you make this game a safe place for these guys to play. And we thank you again for that. And Joe, your parting words, what do you want to close this podcast out of? Uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, you know, I'm just happy to be down here. You know, like I said earlier, it's all about helping out everybody else, like the yeah. players and everything, getting them to where they want to be. And, uh, that's pretty much it. I love it. And simple. That's it. That's a guy who doesn't need to bloviate. Lucas, you and Joe Coffey should be best friends because <laughs> you can both deal with me talking nonstop. That's it. It sounds like the same roommate situation here. The Joe Squared. You guys should have a podcast here. Joe Squared. You guys should drink coffee and talk about Joe stuff. I actually don't drink coffee. <laughs> you don't drink coffee? I don't. 
Was it like an anger thing where you like, you know, forget, <laughs> forget this damn drink? <laughs> Box of Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you have dealt with this. I just put that together. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a teacher back in uh, back in middle school that used to call me Joe T. And I used to I used to think it was just like the letter T. Oh. And I, I didn't get it for like the first couple months. <laughs> and after a while, you used to always call me Joe T. And I was like, why do you call me Joe T? He's like, it's the opposite of coffee. Like, well, it makes sense now. <laughs> that, that is, I could imagine not liking coffee in that situation. Oh, yeah. But again, if you ever, if you ever want to sponsor our coffee segment, you let us know if you want to sponsor by Joe Coffee. You, you got the best name in the coffee biz. You should at least think about opening a coffee shop. At least There's you're already one in New York supply. City, so I lucked out there. <laughs> he's, not, he's already ready to go. Now we turn to the right here and we go to the second half of Joe Squared in that room. And Joe, more of a man of my taste here, a guy who we have our opinions, we talk, we bloviate, we love to be, you know, eloquent in the way we speak on the air, on the mic. And Joe, your parting words for the folks at home here on this week's podcast. You know, I'm just impressed at how the league has really put this all together. Um, and I think for those that are watching back at home, I mean, you really have to continue to watch on hockey TV, um, watch these games. These kids are putting in a tremendous amount of work. You know, the broadcasters that have been brought down here as well, it's an opportunity for us like it is for them, yeah. you know, and just, like I said, keep on watching. And, you know, we hope you, we're, we hope at least on the broadcasting part, we're bringing you the best possible content and bringing those kids you know, to their parents that are not down here that are watching from far away, we hope that we're at least bringing you a little bit closer to them, you know, being so far away and, 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 a, and an extended period of time in that sense. So I'm just, I'm hoping I'm, I'm doing that, you know, for everybody at home. Yeah. And that's, that's the point, right? That's, that's what we do, Joe. And, and that's what I know Lucas agrees with the same Tyler Davey who's been scheduling this whole thing throughout yeah. the tournament and throughout the, throughout the whole time here. It's, it's about the player. It's about putting a spotlight on them. It's about making sure that uh, players are known. We look at when, when Lucas and I started with this thing, I mean, broadcasting was an afterthought in the mm-hmm. game of junior hockey. There were no podcasts around the country six, seven years ago. There was no content being created for this. It was guys going out there, putting out their all. And a lot of times they were doing it in a quiet room and show the work that you do with your aviators, whether it's, the actual game broadcast or content off the ice to help pump these guys up content off the ice, whether it's the blooper videos that you and Joe put together, whether it's the idea of just really showcasing what these players do. I know that I, I just want you to know, and it's something that when I worked for the Philadelphia Flyers junior hockey team, I didn't realize what it was like to be a broadcaster for a team. You think of yourself as just like, I'm just doing my job. I'm just trying to, trying to broadcast what you do for these families around the country. When someone's, thousand miles away for some of your European born players when someone's across an ocean and they have no contact with their son outside of a phone call or a FaceTime or a text from time to time. You bring families closer to their young men that coach Stanaway is taken under his wing and is coaching here with the aviator. And uh, we, we congratulate you on just hard work here out in the hub and, and good luck on every broadcast from here on out. Don't lose your voice though. You got to vocal care. Yeah. Thank we you. got throw coat tea it. if you need it. Throw coat tea, honey, vocal drops, everything you need if you awesome. need it. You can stop by. Awesome. Appreciate it. And then we go to Coach Mike Stanaway here for his parting words to cap it off here on the Dan K Show Presents Junior Hockey. Well, I think, you know, with, with today's episode, I mean, you know, you can't help but, uh, 
you know, look at somebody like we talked about with Dan Vasquez and just kind of really appreciate everybody around you and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, take each day and, you know, be happy that, uh, you have a lot of good people in your life. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing that I've looked on, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, when you really see what's going on here and you see over the years when you go to coach and, you know, emotions get high and it's competitive. It's a lot different this year. You know, 2020 sucked in every aspect there was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think, I, I think we're just thankful to all be back playing. And, you know, it's funny. I talked to, you know, you know, Adam and I from Philadelphia Hockey Club talk all the time, or, you know, you talk to, to Kilcoin at the Rockets or any of these guys. And it's just like, we're just happy to play. Yeah. You know, we're just happy to play. And, uh, we're thankful that, uh, we have this opportunity and, uh, you know, thankful for, for everything that, w- that we have, that we get to compete and, and do what we enjoy. And, and, uh, you know, I think that's, uh, something that I learned, you know, from, from Dan and, and talking to that organization over there that they get that, that, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's be thankful for what you have and, and enjoy playing the game because it's a lot of fun. Absolutely awesome, guys. And, and my parting word always is, going to coincide with our guests and the word today is character and that's in more ways than one first of all you talk about character in the way of a a joe coffee someone who runs into the face of danger who puts others before himself every moment of every day to make sure that that everyone can can live safely can be happy can can kind of matriculate forward throughout our day and especially throughout our time here in the hub city now here in tampa you you look at Coach Stanaway and, and sticking to your guns when, you know, when you're running through a wall and you're getting bloodied and you keep running into that wall and it doesn't always just break down and, and folks around you look at you and they call you crazy <laughs> and they call you dumb and they tell you you're doing the wrong thing and you got to listen to it every day. This is the sports industry as a whole, whether it's broadcasting, Joe Sicole, whether it's, whether it's coaching, whether it's behind the scenes in the medical center, it's, it's a, it's an industry of no sometimes. And you're going to hear it a lot. You're going to hear a lot of naysayers. A lot of people are going to tell you you're not good enough. Your thoughts on the game are not correct. You're coaching incorrectly. You can't play that way. You got to have two defensemen out in the PK. What are you thinking? You're, you're losing your mind. And they wait for that one goal to go in, that one power play goal. And everybody in the game is 20% or higher on their power play conversion. But yet that one goal in five is the one that's the difference maker. Like, see, that's it. Proofs in the pudding doesn't work right there in front of us. Sticking to your guns, that character. And then character on the mic. Character in who you are. Having a character. Having an, a personality. And being able to portray that in a way that doesn't just spotlight the game itself, but the people playing it and bringing out who they are on the ice, the work they're putting in, and just how talented each and every one of these young players are. It's about the players here, folks. And, you know... We don't interview someone twice unless we believe in what they do. Coach, since the first time we talked to you, we have absolutely loved what you do. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in the New York Aviator model. I think if you're a kid out there and you're looking to play and you're a parent and you're looking for your son to play somewhere where they're going to put points up on the board, they're going to be able to showcase themselves. They're going to get to play um, a model of a game. If I'm a kid that's on the cusp of being that offensive superhero, right, and I'm trying to get down the edge, I'm trying to get to that last point, I'm trying to cross that finish line, Coach Stanaway's the guy you play for. And 
if you want to know more about the aviators, you can check them out on, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere you go on social media. You can check them out on USPHL.com and York Aviators. We believe in this program. We love what they do. You guys are doing an incredible job here. You're taking this so seriously, keeping your players safe. Putting players first is what we do on the Dan K Show. We thank our partners with Remastered Sleep. We remind you, with just a sip, you can change your sleep patterns. You can eliminate snoring. You can sleep longer, sleep better. You can get in better shape. And it takes just a water bottle. You can use the code DANKSHOW10 for 10% off your Remastered Sleep water bottle order. Go to RemasteredSleep.com to find out more. We also thank our partners, Elite Junior Profiles, another group that puts players first. Not just hockey players, folks, anybody. If you've got a high school-aged player or a junior hockey player, send them to EliteJRProfiles.com and put the, uh, as Lucas says, the the paint on the car there. You know, make the Mustang look a little nicer, make it look a little flashier, and get those coaches to see your star. Remind you to follow along with the Dan K Show, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at the underscore Dan K Show, and go to www.DanKShow.com to find out more about your team throughout the game of hockey. When Dan Kays on the mic, it's always hockey night. We thank the Aviators for joining us on today's podcast.